drugs and alcohol are not my problem. Reality is my problem. Drugs and alcohol are my solution to fill up a hole inside me. That's a quote from Russell Brand. Russell Brand is an actor, comedian, musician. And that's a quote he made that, that really impacted me. Drugs, alcohol, these things. That's not my problem. That's my solution. That's my solution to try and fill this hole. That's my solution to try and take away this emptiness. We live in a world where there are so many people trying to fill that hole. And if we're honest, there's times we try and fill that hole with anything we can just to take away the emptiness, to take away the void, to take away hopelessness or depression or just that sense of emptiness. It's a hole that can't be satisfied by drugs, by alcohol. It's a hole that can't be satisfied by, by sex or by love or by friends or by family. It can't be filled by good things or bad things. See, we don't always just try and fill them with the bad things. I mean, there's, there's heavy and there's bad things. And like Russell Brand's quote of drugs and alcohol, but maybe that's not us. Maybe we try and fill it with being busy. Because when we're busy, we don't think about the void. We don't think about the emptiness. Or we, we try and do it by whatever. We all have these bits of escapism. People are trying everything to fill that hole. To satisfy that hunger. Jesus said this, I'm the bread of life. I am the only one that can satisfy that spiritual hunger. That spiritual hunger. See, sometimes we misinterpret that. We look at that and we don't accurately identify what that hole is, what that void is. But I'm telling you that the way God built us, there's a spiritual hunger within us that craves Jesus. And only Jesus can fill that void. Jesus says, if you'll come to me, and if you'll keep coming to me, you won't be hungry. You won't be hungry for these things that don't satisfy. I'll fill you up. If you come to me, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, and you keep trusting in me, you won't thirst. Man, I, thirst is, is one of the most troubling things feelings, states to be in. Because there's a bit of fear attached with thirst, right? Like, I'm going to cough, I'm going to choke, I, there's not enough saliva to even to moisten my throat. I'm thirsty. Thirst represents a desperation. Thirst represents a need that, that at that moment clearly you can't fulfill, otherwise you would. Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll fill you up. If you believe in me, you'll never thirst again. I want to read that from John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Why did Jesus use the metaphor of bread? Bread that represents both hunger and thirst. When was the last time you ate? Do you do you eat often? When's the last time you drank a glass of water? Was it like last week? Was it this time last week? Was it Thursday? Jesus uses the metaphor of hunger and thirst because we all can relate to hunger and thirst, even if it's just been hungry on a small scale. But many of us have been hungry on a much larger scale or thirsty on a larger scale. But we can all relate to hunger and thirst. And here's the thing. Hunger and thirst immediately reminds us that this is something we do often. It's not a one-time thing. I looked up the word for thirst. Um, just as, as part of my study, I want to look up and see what the original meaning of those words are, what the original Hebrew is in the Old Testament, what the original Greek and Aramaic in the New Testament. So I looked up thirst. Thirst is the word dipseo, and it means to painfully feel their want of and, inger, and eagerly long for, to long for those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. That's what coming to Jesus gives us. Refreshing, strength, support to painfully feel the want of. He, he, he takes away the want and he takes away the pain of the want. The longing. Go back to my example of filling the hole, of that filling the hole with other things, that longing. Jesus says, I'll fill it if you'll come to me. That word come, this is an interesting word. I, I just got all excited when, when I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, just gold nugget. It's the word erkome, and it means to come from one place to another, and it's used both of persons arriving and persons returning. Now that's pretty fantastic as it is. When I read that passage again, knowing that Jesus is saying, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger. Whoever returns to me shall never hunger. Isn't that awesome? Really cool. But that's not the end of the coolness. As great as that definition is, check out the etymology, the, the part of speech, the root word of this is amazing. This word for come is spoken in the middle voice of a primary verb used only in the present and imperfect tenses. So what does that mean? I don't know. I, I didn't know. I had to look that up. I'm like, I don't know what the imperfect tense is. The imperfect tense is a verb form that combines past tense and imperfect aspect or reference to a continuing or a repeated event or state. We can't just come to Jesus, hear me, 
here, it's going to stay with me because it's going to sound, it might ruffle some feathers. You can't come to Jesus just once and expect that sense of longing to be met. You can't come to Jesus once and expect the hunger to be satisfied forever. You can't come to Jesus once and expect to not be thirsty. And when I say come, I'm not talking about every time you sin, you rededicate your life to the Lord. That ain't it. We all sin. We all be rededicating our lives every day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming to Jesus in relationship like we come to a friend or a spouse or a trusted mentor to a person. And we're to do it repeatedly again and again and again. It's continuing again and again. So Jesus is saying, I'm the bread of life. I can satisfy that hunger. I can satisfy that craving. I can satisfy that thirst. If you'll come to me and keep coming to me, you'll never hunger again. Ever. If you'll believe in me. I I love that he, he didn't say, notice he didn't say, I'm the bread of life and I'm the water of life. Right? He says, I'm the bread of life. Come to me and believe in me. Believe. If you'll trust in me again and again and again, and if you'll trust in me when that situation turns bad. If you'll trust in me when you might be losing that job. If you'll trust me when you no longer can control a situation and you've got to give it to me. The Passion Translation really, really nails it with, with what I just read. I want to read John 6, 35 through 40 uh, in, the, in the Passion. Then I'm going to jump ahead to uh, verses 47 and 48. John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Yet I've told you that... Even though you've seen me, you still don't believe in me. Now, I want to stop right here. Even though you've seen me, you still don't believe in me. Even though you've experienced me, you still don't believe in me. This word from Jesus comes on the heels of him saying, come every day. I just want you guys to know we're, we're human. And if we don't make it a discipline of our faith to come to Jesus every day, it's easy to forget what he looks like. It shouldn't be, but it is. It's easy to forget what he's done for us. It's easy to forget what he's capable of. But everyone my Father has given to me, they will come. And all who come to me, I will embrace and will never turn them away. And I have come down out of heaven, not for my own desires, but for the satisfaction of my Father who sent me. My Father who sent me has determined that I will not lose even one of those He has given to me, and I will raise them up in the last day. For the longing of my Father is that everyone who embraces the Son and believes in Him will experience eternal life, and I will raise them up in that last day. I love the fact that even the Father has a longing. 
And it's for us to come to him through his son. You want to know why we exalt Jesus every week? You want to know why we sing songs about Jesus? Why we praise Jesus? You want to know why scripture says that Jesus is the name above all names? Because there is no reconciliation to the Father without the work of Jesus, the Son. That's why the Father says, I have exalted him. I have given him a place of honor. I have given him the name above all names. Because by the completed work of Jesus, we can come freely to the Father now. Verse 47, I speak to you living truth. Unite your heart to me. This word unite, it means commit. Belief, right? We read it in the ESV and it said, if you come to me, if you believe. It means commit. Commit your heart to me. I speak to you the living truth. Unite, believe, commit your heart to me and believe and you will experience eternal life. I am the true bread of life. Again, Jesus knew what it was to be hungry. Jesus knew the needs of hunger and thirst to be fully satisfied, to be fully filled, to be fulfilled. And he is the way. He is the way. In John 14, Thomas was talking to Jesus. and He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know where, where to go. He had questions. He had answers. He needed direction. And Thomas, one of the followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. And I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You guys ever trying to fill that that spiritual hunger with something other than Jesus? It ain't going to work. And Jesus is awesome in the fact that, that when he left, he raved about the Holy Spirit, said, the Holy Spirit, I have to go. And it's better that I go so my Father will send the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you. He'll comfort you. He'll teach you. He'll guide you into all truth. So we're not left stranded. We're not left as orphans. We have the Holy Spirit here to walk with us, to empower us, and to remind us, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Return to Jesus. Where else have we seen this act of continuously coming to Jesus to be satisfied. How about in our salvation? In our salvation. I want to read another I am statement from Jesus. John 10, 9 and 10, Jesus says, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Our salvation is an interesting thing that I think sometimes we take lightly and sometimes we don't fully grasp the bigness of it. Our salvation 
and salvation for mankind is the story of God's work in this earth. Salvation is God putting the broken pieces back together, a broken world back together through His Son. When people get saved, when, when we were saved, when we talk of others getting saved, I think there's times we, we make a mistake. See, we, far too often, we reduce our salvation to a single event. The day we were saved. When were you saved? And we reduce it to this single event of, of the event of trusting our lives in Jesus. And, and we should emphasize that because that word is justification. Justification is when we came to Jesus just as we are, were filthy and with sin and in need of a Savior and we believed and we placed our trust in Him. And just as I am, justification, just as I am, just as we were, without cleaning ourselves up, without getting sober, without, without paying a debt, without paying a penance, we were saved. That's what justification is. That's what justified is. Romans 5, verse 6 talks about this. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from him, by him from the wrath of God. Justified. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of our walk. We are saved, but there's another word that God uses for the walking out of our faith here on, on this earth. There's another word that, that God uses for salvation when we go to be face-to-face with the Lord. And that, that word we don't use very often, but that's glorification. We'll be glorified. We will, we will be glorified when we, when we die and we go to be with the Lord. But here on earth, there's another, another word that's used, and that word is sanctification. John 17, 17 talks about it. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you, this is Jesus talking. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Sanctified is a word for salvation. It's not a word for earning your salvation. It's a word for being alive. As long as we're alive, we are walking out our sanctification, our salvation, with the power of the Holy Spirit to do things that we probably shouldn't have the strength or the ability or the peace or the giftings to do, but it's not on our own. It's with the Holy Spirit empowering us, and we walk life. Sanctification. It's still salvation. It's interesting. We were saved and we were justified. But yet we are saved daily because of the goodness of God and walking life with Him. So Jesus says this. He says, come to me often. Come to me daily. Come to me continuously. Come to me again and again and you won't be hungry. Why 
Why did he say this? Followers of Jesus, I'm talking to you right now. Sometimes you feel empty and you just want to fill the hole. Right? You think just because we gave our lives to Christ that we're exempt from, from feeling hurt and pain and emptiness and depression and all of these things? We're not. We're not exempt. But we're also not alone. So we come to Jesus again and again and we walk with Him and we do life with Him. You know the beauty of walking with Jesus is that when you stumble, when you, when you eat it, you got the restore right there with you to say, come here, here, let me, let me get your knees. Come on. Let me bandage your wounds. Let me bring you refreshing. Let me bring you healing. And let's keep walking. It's always good to look around. It's always good to look around. And if we don't see Jesus, find him quick. If we're walking and we're not walking with Jesus, look around and find him quick and go, oh my gosh, he took a right and I took a left. Why did I take a left? Well, because I really wanted to take a left. But he said take a right and I didn't obey. Jesus. And here's the beauty. It's like, I don't know, like time travel or something. Like instant, boom, we're there. We call upon the name of Jesus. We're saved, boom, we're there. He's like, yeah. But I don't want to have a visual of us taking a hard left him taking a hard right, and now we've got miles to catch up with him. That's not what it is. Jesus! We call on his name, and he is there. He says, I, I got you. Come on. Let's go. And he's not just sitting there waiting for you to come to him. Boom, he's by your side. He says, hey, let's go. Good to see you. It's not just the event. Let, let, me, let me throw this out there. Anybody, anybody ever been to a wedding? Anybody? Oh, you have. Our salvation is not just the wedding, but it starts with the wedding. An invitation was given. A yes was said. And we, we attended that wedding or it was our wedding. But it starts with the wedding. See, salvation is not just a wedding. Salvation is the marriage. Salvation is the marriage. Salvation is the doing life together. Salvation is the good, the bad, the ugly. Salvation is walking with Him. Daily. Growing in Him. Sometimes being frustrated by him, because he's, he's not going to change. But we, we always want our, our spouses to change, right? Like, we're like, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Holy Spirit, help that man. I don't know. It's a marriage. It's a marriage. It's, it's growth. It's walking together. If, we, if we've looked at our salvation just as the wedding, and then we're like, man, I don't know why I'm so frustrated. I don't know why I feel so alone. I don't know why I still, I thought Jesus was supposed to fill that hole. He does. 
But it's not just a one-time occurrence. It's not just we say a prayer and we have a moment and then we stay in that place. We're to stay wherever He is and to come to Him or to return to Him when we go the other direction. But to call upon Him. Christians can have that hole in their life too. That Russell Brand quote, I, I loved it, but what, what would we fill in the blanks with? What would we say? Well, this isn't the problem. That's just the, that's the symptom. My, the problem is my reality. What is it we're trying to escape with? What is it we're trying to fill, to fill our soul with in a way that we can't fill no matter how much we do. And, and once again, I'm not just talking about drugs and alcohol and, and, and sex and whatever else. I'm not just talking about the things that we shouldn't do. I'm talking about if we're trying to fill that hole with friends. I just want to be constantly surrounded by friends. I just want to be around my friends. I don't ever want to be alone. That is not going to satisfy. I just want to be busy. I just want to work, 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 work not going to satisfy. I just want to be, uh, you know, I just want to find love. I, if I find love, I'll be happy. Oh, I found love and I'm happy, but there's still that, that hole's not filled because love can't fill that hole. My spouse can't fill that hole. My kids can't fill that hole. You can't fill that hole. Only running to Jesus can. So this is important. This is important that we all grasp this because this is one of those messages that we are to take outside of these walls and minister to people. Because I bet you there's a lot of Christians that said a prayer one time or that, that, that you know, repeated a prayer one time or that made a declaration one time and then now they're disillusioned and they're hurt and they're, they're empty and they're like, why? I cried out to Jesus. Why am I empty? it's a marriage I was away from my wife for two nights this week was down in Colorado Springs at a pastor's conference two nights me and Josiah Bender of, of Radiance Church went down there it was great great conference but I, I there was something missing in, in my heart from being away from my wife for two nights and that's just two nights What about when we've been distant from the Lord for two weeks or two years? I, I make a big deal, and, and our, our pastoral team and our preaching team, we make a big deal out of justification, out of that initial act of salvation. We do. Hey, if you've never given your life to Christ... Um, Raise your hand. We'll pray with you. We'll get you a Bible. We want to link arms with you. We make a big deal about it, and we should. But we also need to be making a big deal out of the fact that, okay, you've said that prayer. You've called out to Jesus. You've made that decision. We still want to link arms with you and do life with you and point you to Jesus, and that's why God gives us us. That's why he says, get together. Gather together. Encourage one another. Point each other to me. Laugh together, cry together, do life together, serve together, give together, fight together. Do life together.
right, I got to show this. I got, it might be cheesy. I apologize if it's cheesy. But it works for me. Let's show that video clip real quick. We got a quick video. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. You complete me. All right, and scene. And by way, could you come back? Holy Spirit, if you, can you come on back too? Here's, here's what I love about that. And if you've seen the movie Jerry Maguire, here's probably what you love about that. The dude doesn't complete a sentence. He doesn't complete a sentence. He doesn't have a coherent thought. He'll start a coherent thought and he'll stop because he's so moved by the fact that he just wants to be back with his wife. He'll start a thought and he'll end a thought. And then, but he does say this, I, I love, I love you. I love my wife. And then he says, you complete me. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to use that moment of cinema cheese to help us remember again and again that Jesus completes us and that we are incomplete without him. And we often don't have the right words. We often don't have the right coherent thought to say, but we say right now we love you and we need you and we call to you Jesus. Help us in this journey. Help us in this walk of sanctification, of walking out our faith. Jesus, we believe that only that you're the only thing that can fill that void in our lives. And so we come to you. We trust in you once again. If we can keep our eyes closed, if there's anyone here, and maybe you've never had that, that decision of, I'm going to trust in Jesus. I'm going to give my life to him. I do want to make a big deal about it because it's the start. It's the wedding. It's where this marriage begins. It is a big deal. If that's you, and right now you're like, wild horses couldn't keep me from declaring, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just lock eyes with me? Would you raise your hand? Would you make some, some proud declaration just saying, yes, right now, I'm, Jesus is mine. I'm given my life to him. Is there anybody? For the rest of us, I want to encourage us with this. Run to him once again. Call to him once again. Go to him once again. Trust in him once again. If any of those things have grown dim or faint, if you feel like they've been lost in any way, there's quick restoration in the arms, in the eyes, in the heart of Jesus Christ. So just run to Him. Just take a moment and just respond. Whatever the Lord's doing, just take a, a quick moment and just respond to Him. Lord, I pray your blessings over every person in this place, every child, every
every adult, every marriage, every family. Lord, would you just bless each one of us with your presence, with fulfillment, with satisfaction with you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close out the service, if you need prayer for anything, as soon as we're done, come on up. We'll pray for you. Those of you that are worshiping with us online, if you need prayer for anything, email us at contact at impactrock.com. Give us your phone number. We'll call you and we'll pray with you over the phone. Praying's awesome. Prayer's awesome. Praying for one another. It's a beautiful thing we should all be doing. So if you need prayer, let's make sure we don't leave this place just without letting someone link arms with you and point you to Jesus in this way. I'll leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day. Jesus is waiting on you, so run to him. God bless you.